Welcome to Love Uncensored, the modern guide to dating and relationships. I'm your host, Nicole Colantoni, a dating and relationship coach. And each week, along with special guests who aren't afraid to speak their minds, we challenge norms and expectations in love and relationships. From childhood trauma to sex, we explore the uncomfortable and unspoken, providing valuable insight and actionable advice for building healthier relationships. Join us for candid conversations about all things love, whether you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between. Hey everyone, it is so great to be back this week with another solo episode. The past two weeks have been all about work and no play, but I'm excited to share that my MDDS is practically gone. However, I have been struggling a bit with chronic fatigue, which literally feels like a mystery I'm trying to solve every day. Most days I wake up and have to analyze my sleep patterns to figure out what went wrong. Recently, I actually realized that getting up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet is disrupting my sleep and causing brain fog. So I've now stopped drinking any fluids past 7 p.m. Despite this, my body feels super run down and in need of a break, which is perfect timing because I'm actually heading to Europe in two weeks to celebrate one of my oldest friend's weddings in Ibiza. I last visited Ibiza when I was 18, so I can't wait to experience the island in a whole new way. I'm sure this upcoming trip will be completely different from what I got up to in 2007, and I'll definitely share all the juicy details with you when I get back in June. However, for today's episode, I want to dive into a topic that frequently comes up in my sessions with clients dealing with anxious attachment styles. So if you're someone who constantly craves reassurance and affection from your partner or easily feels overwhelmed by the thought of being alone, you may be struggling with an anxious attachment style. Studies show that around 20% of the population has an anxious attachment style. But here's the good news. You can overcome it. You can heal your anxious attachment and shift into a more secure, confident and stable way of being in a relationship. But how to break free and find security in your relationship is a question that comes up time and time again with my clients. In this episode, we'll be discussing some practical tips and techniques to help you break free from your anxious attachment style and improve your relationships. But before we do that, I'll just give a bit of background info on anxious attachment styles. So picture this, you're in a relationship and everything seems to be going well, but suddenly your mind starts racing with thoughts like, what if they don't really love me? Or what if they leave me? You become consumed with the need for constant reassurance and the fear of abandonment becomes overwhelming. This is what it feels like to have an anxious attachment style. It's like you're constantly on edge waiting for the other shoe to drop or feeling like you're walking on eggshells, afraid of doing or saying the wrong thing that could drive your partner away. It's exhausting, it's overwhelming, and if this resonates with you, it's also time to break free from it 
once and for all and find security in your relationships. But let's face it, the word healing has become a bit of a buzzword lately. But the truth is, healing can't be rushed or simplified into a quick fix. It's not an overnight job. It takes time, patience, and a willingness to accept that progress happens in small incremental steps. After all, our attachment patterns are deeply ingrained behaviors that developed in childhood. So while there are proven methodologies and tools that can help, we need to manage our expectations and understand that healing is a marathon, not a sprint. So it's important to shift your mindset and focus on progress, not perfection. In terms of healing your anxious attachment style, there are two key pieces at play here, your beliefs about yourself and your nervous system. These pieces are like the yin and yang of anxious attachment, working together to keep you feeling stuck and overwhelmed. But with the right tools and strategies, you can work towards finding security in your relationships. So let's start with the nervous system. Here's the deal. We all have a process called neuroception, where our nervous system scans the environment to assess whether we're safe or in danger. It's like having a built-in security system. But sometimes past experiences can make our nervous system overly sensitive to certain situations. This can lead to hypervigilance and hypersensitivity, triggering one of four states of nervous system activation. The first one being the fight response, which is when we get combative, yell, or even become physically aggressive. Then there's flight, which is when we distract ourselves, avoid, or flee the situation. Freeze is when we shut down, feeling paralyzed or unable to respond. And lastly, there's the fawn response, where we people please and do whatever it takes to avoid conflict. And these responses can manifest in a number of ways that looks like calling our partners over and over again, starting a fight, stalking someone on social media, or even showing up at their house uninvited, not returning their calls or texts, or begging for forgiveness. It's that frantic, panicked energy that takes over when we feel unsafe. These responses happen automatically, and you may notice that you tend to default to one of them in different situations. Recognizing these states can help us respond better in triggering situations. But here's the thing. When we're in that state, our nervous system is calling the shots. This reaction happens outside of our awareness, and it can be difficult to pause and reflect. That's why mastering the art of regulation is key to creating lasting change and shifting to a more secure attachment style. We really have to learn how to regulate our nervous system to respond in a way that serves our authentic selves, as well as the overall health and happiness of our relationships. So how do you do that? Well, like I said, your body's response to a perceived threat is automatic and it's all about survival, which means immediate action and short-term thinking. But when we become aware of our body's responses and cues, we can consciously choose a new way to react in those stressful situations. The catch is it's not so easy to do and we might still fall back into old patterns because our subconscious has a powerful hold. This is because our emotional brain and its neural networks dictate our habits and patterns. 
taking over the prefrontal cortex and shutting it down in times of threat. Understanding this can help us be more compassionate towards ourselves because in moments of intense conflict, responding in a new way may not always be possible. Due to my upbringing, I was highly reactive in my childhood. As a teenager and well into my 20s, even small incidents would trigger me, leading to a fight or flight response. Although I became more conscious and intentional as I grew older, there definitely were and continue to be times when my old habits resurfaced in my romantic relationships. And I used to criticize myself for it, but I now understand that it's normal to fall back into old patterns. Rather than beat ourselves up over it, we can acknowledge it and use it as an opportunity for compassion and gratitude towards our bodies for doing what they believe will protect us. Sometimes even now in my own life, I know I'm going to act in a way that doesn't really align with who I want to be. And I might even regret it later, but we can't always just rely on being able to fix things in the moment. Instead, we need to make consistent choices every day to strengthen our nervous system and find balance. It's not always easy. Like I said, my brain in particular is wired to jump into fight or flight mode at the first sign of conflict. My default response is to go into combat. However, I've been able to gain insight into my behavior by observing myself, and now I can identify why I react that way. It can usually be traced back to my childhood experience of growing up in an unsafe and chaotic environment where I had to frequently defend myself. In an effort to protect myself, I often find myself becoming hypervigilant, where I'm constantly scanning for potential threats and preemptively trying to pick up on any sign of conflict. In my current relationship, even when things are going well and we're having fun together, I find myself frequently analyzing my partner's facial expressions to detect any sudden changes in his mood. And this often leads me to ask him, what's wrong, even when nothing has actually changed for him? As a child, hypervigilance, such as walking on eggshells or constantly scanning people's faces, as well as the environment, like listening to the type of footsteps family members would make to identify what mood they were in, was actually necessary for my survival due to constantly being in a threatening environment. But now I understand that it can harm my overall well-being. So I now am actively working to break those old patterns and build a new reality that is not influenced by my past abuse and neglect. And when navigating relationships, it's important to acknowledge that we bring our past experiences and filters with us. And sometimes, like myself, we may perceive threats that aren't actually there. So by becoming more self-aware and by understanding these patterns, we can intervene before things get out of control and make new choices to prevent emotional turmoil. And by having open and honest conversations with our partners, we can also work through these moments and make new choices that align with our present reality. But how do we do that? Well, the reality is we all have these patterns that we fall back on when things get tough. 
But if we want to build stronger connections with our partners, we need to recognize these patterns and bring them to the table. That means being open and honest about what makes us feel unsafe and listening to our partners when they share their own triggers. By creating a safe environment for each other, we can break free from old patterns and build new, more compassionate responses. But before we have that conversation, sometimes we need to take a step back and give ourselves time to calm down. It's up to us to recognize when we're too activated to respond with authenticity and take the time we need to center ourselves. In the heat of the moment, we often lose access to our ability to respond from a conscious and definitely a controlled place. So taking a moment to self-regulate, whether it's through a nap, a walk, breathing exercises, a cold shower, or even journaling can allow us to come back to the conversation with a clearer, more calm state of mind and help us build reconnection with our partners. This also really helps to expand our window of tolerance and connect on a deeper level. Something I like to do sometimes is hold hands with my partner during conflict so that we can co-regulate together. In my 20s, that would have seemed incredibly lame to me in the moment, but now I can really appreciate the value in something as simple as that. It's important to understand our habitual attempts at safety and communicate consciously, even if it's after the fact, so we can break free from the same cycle and continuously empower ourselves. Our nervous systems are literally always learning and adapting, even in moments of conflict or stress. And what this means is that instead of letting our nervous systems react on autopilot, we can create new neural pathways and find safety in different ways, such as breathing together or even hugging. So by practicing new ways of regulation outside of these moments, we can teach our bodies to respond in a more authentic and effective way. It may be uncomfortable and vulnerable at first, but with time and practice, your new consciously chosen responses become your new automatic reactions. And then once we've learned how to self-regulate, we can start to tackle the core beliefs that are fueling our attachment issues. These beliefs can be deeply held and color or inform the way we see the world, but by identifying them and substituting them with healthier beliefs, we can create real change, not only in our own lives, but also in our relationships. It's not a quick fix, but it's powerful. So if you're feeling like you're not good enough in a relationship, for example, or feeling like you're not lovable, You can work to replace that belief with something more positive and empowering. We all have stories we tell ourselves like, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not cool enough, or I'm a failure, or I'm unlovable, or I'm going to die alone, or I'm going to be a terrible parent. These beliefs become the lens through which we see the world. They shape our reality and can hold us back, right? When it comes to healing anxious attachment, it's important to recognize these core beliefs and work on reprogramming them to create a healthier, more empowering perspective. We now know these beliefs are like lenses through which we view the world, shaping our interpretations and reactions to events and people around us. 
So by substituting our unhealthy beliefs with more positive ones, we can begin to create real change in our lives. For example, if our core belief is I'm not good enough and someone cheats on us, we're likely to internalize their behavior as a reflection of our own inadequacies and self-worth. This can make us feel like we've been rejected and lead to feelings of sadness, shame, humiliation, and even anxiety. But by adopting a healthier core belief, such as I am worthy of love and respect, we can change the way we interpret events and react to them. During my teenage years and early 20s, I tolerated terrible treatment from my partners, including cheating and being talked down to. I thought that that was all I deserved. As the saying goes, we accept the love we think we deserve. It wasn't until I realized that it all starts with our core beliefs about ourselves that I began to make positive changes. So once we've adopted these new, healthier and empowering beliefs about ourselves, we can approach relationships and interactions from a place of confidence and self-assurance and our tolerance for disrespect is going to be little to none. So as you can see, when we shift our core beliefs to a healthier perspective, it changes everything. We don't internalize negative behavior from others and spiral down into self-doubt and anxiety. With a solid foundation of self-regulation and healthy beliefs, instead we can confidently self-soothe and take charge of our triggers without reacting, as well as recognize when someone's behavior isn't aligned with us and express our needs in a clear and respectful way. It really is all about building a strong foundation first, and this starts with regulating your nervous system, reprogramming your core beliefs, and mastering the art of self-soothing. Then and only then can you move on to being more secure. But what I see a lot of is people making the mistake of skipping ahead and trying to be in a secure relationship before they've done the necessary groundwork. If you're not feeling safe and confident in yourself, your boundaries will crumble and your communication will fall flat. But with lots of practice and even more patience, conflicts can be safe and productive and expressing your needs won't be a threat to your relationship. But when we're scared of being abandoned, criticized, or triggered in any way, our nervous system goes into that state of flight, fight, or freeze. And in this state, we're not able to think clearly or rationally, and we tend to react based on our emotions rather than responding in a thoughtful and intentional way. And speaking from experience, this makes it very difficult to make progress or work through any issues we may be facing in our relationships. On the other hand, when we're in a regulated state, our nervous system is calm and we're able to think clearly and rationally. We can access our prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for reasoning, problem solving and decision making. And this allows us to communicate effectively, set boundaries and advocate for ourselves in a way that is healthy and productive. This is why we really need to learn to self-soothe and calm ourselves down when we're triggered so we can move out of that fight, flight, or freeze state and into a regulated state. Only then can we work through any issues we may be facing in our relationships. It's not always obvious, but this is why taking care of our body is so crucial. We need to make sure we're sleeping enough, moving enough, and breathing deeply enough 
not superficially, which just adds more stress. As someone who struggles with sleep, I've noticed that my irritability and reactivity are at their peak when I don't get enough rest. That's why I've been so dedicated to improving my sleep as it allows me to respond to high stress situations from a more empowered state. When we have a healthy nervous system, we're more equipped to handle difficult situations and choose a resilient response. This means making conscious choices every day to support our nervous system so we can return to safety in any situation. So before diving into a new romance, take the time to understand yourself and what drives your behavior. Then approach your partner with a newfound understanding of yourself and a curiosity to learn about them too. This can help you break free from anxious attachment and move towards a more secure way of being. And when you do, you can thank me later. Okay, that's it from me. Please show some love for Love Uncensored by leaving a review. As a thank you, I'll give a shout out to all reviewers at the start of each episode and send a special surprise your way. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and family, as well as follow me on Instagram at love.uncensored.podcast or join the private Facebook group, Love Uncensored, The Modern Guide to Dating and Relationships. I'll see you next week with a very special guest.